Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Cue the accordion. I've always wanted to say that. Kick back and get comfy while hosts Heather Wenig and her co-hosts from the Early Childhood Nerd Collective explore ways to cause and effect. Dig that funky accordion. Welcome to another episode of Cause and Effect, which will soon become That Early Childhood Nerd. We're changing the name of our podcast. Yep, yep. But, but for now, we're still Cause and Effect, and welcome to Cause and Effect. It's me, Heather, and it's her, Tiffany. And, hey, it's <laughs> Tiffany. And we're going to talk about direct instruction. And maybe ramble a little bit. And maybe ramble. We'll probably work in Tiffany's pregnancy. Yep. Because it's we're recording on the due date. Yep. I've gotten maybe 800 text messages already like, how's it going? She Googled. happened. She Googled Nothing. what can you do to bring on labor. Podcasting yep. was the first. <laughs> <laughs> first Number one on, recommendation. Do, do a couple of podcasts. <laughs> bounce on your yoga ball. Yeah. <laughs> Although yesterday we built a trail. Kurt. Kurt built a trail out on the property and I had the clippers out and I was cutting back blackberries and I feel like that if that doesn't make labor happen then it's just not ready to come out yet yeah probably you don't need to rush it your body knows (sighs) says the woman who never made it full term (laughs) let alone past a due date (laughs) Kurt's convinced that if I just eat all the ice cream he'll get too cold and he'll want to come out (laughs) And I'm like, thanks, husband. That seems like an attainable goal. I'm pretty sure that's backed by science. (laughs) Yes, definitely. That's evidence-based. Yep. Uh, I almost said husbandry. That's evidence-based husbandry. That's not what that (laughs) word means. (laughs) Nope. No, it is not. Uh, What quote are we doing today, Heather? Shut up. I'm not done talking. Just kidding. kidding. Okay, so this is I'm offended. (laughs) excellent throwback Uh i hope i remember to release the offended episode before this one so people will understand what that joke was Um, it was a good joke it was a good joke. real high quality right right they'll they'll get it (laughs) so this is from a book called the importance of being little what preschools really need from grown-ups what preschoolers really need from grown-ups it's by erica christakis Mm -hmm. um it's a it's have you read this one have you read the yes. whole book? Yeah. Like she yes. she comes out swinging and uh-huh. doesn't mince any words and paints uh-uh. 
Like, I remember really early in the book, she just nailed what a typical child care day might include and, uh-huh. and her concerns about some of it. And I was like, oh, usually we pussyfoot around this a little bit. Uh-huh. Not I Erica. Think this book is on my required reading list for parents. Yeah. Yes. Like any any child care worker honestly right right anyone who works with children yeah. yeah um so the quote is it's again a kind of a long one there are two problems with the direct instruction centric preschool universe the first is that the rampant prolifer- proliferation of di in the early years too often leaves little time during the school day for the teachers to develop individual relationships so critical to young children the second is that di is too readily adopted as a pedagogic substitute, when teachers lack the professional skills that studies show are essential elements in high-quality preschool instruction. Yeah. Yeah. So DI is direct instruction, if we didn't catch that as we were going yeah. through. Um, and she raises two objections to it here in this quote, but I know that you and I have talked about... Um, the fact that there is a place for direct instruction. Yeah, it's a balance. Yeah, so sure. so that's kind of where we want to get with this. But um, do you have like an immediate response to this that you want to like a? Um, I'm I would be very happy if the preschool world settled the di pendulum somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Because if all you're doing is one thing, any one form of instruction. I think you could replace DI with anything in this circumstance. And it still rings true. Uh-huh. That oh, if right. all yeah. you're doing is one single approach, then of course you're not going to have time to develop other skills or relationships. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to develop all the schools that you, all the, what do they say? Professional skills. Yeah. That are essential elements in high quality preschool instruction. Yep. So, that's part of why I like this quote is that, yes, it's coming out swinging at DI. Yeah. But in reality, if you do anything 100%, you're going to have the same response. Right. Because there is a time and place for direct instruction in my mind. Yeah. So first, for for someone who maybe is listening and hasn't heard the phrase direct instruction. Yeah. In in your, I mean, in my mind, that's really just what it sounds like just sitting down with a group and giving them here's what I want you to learn and here's what I want you to know about it. And here's an opportunity to practice it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm already going to ping take issue with that. Okay. Um, direct instruction is often viewed as the teacher coming in and saying, this is what you need to learn. So here's how you do it. Uh huh. And I don't think that's true of what direct instruction has to be. Okay. I'm thinking of, I want to learn how to build a house. I don't know how to build a house. My dad knows how to build a house. Dad, will you teach me how to build a house? Okay. Yeah. Versus my dad saying, you're going to learn how to build a house. Right. Both of those fall under direct direct instruction. Yeah. But I think that the example of a child coming to you and saying, I want to learn how to do this. Will you teach me how? Is different and valuable in different ways than right. a teacher coming and saying, we're going to learn how to do this skill right now. Right. But the the technique of direct instruction to teach yes. a skill is the same in both those contexts. Correct. What's different is 
where is it coming from and whose idea is it and why yeah. why do we feel like they need this direct instruction yeah so i yeah i think that's an important distinction to be made yes and in this quote i think they're looking at the teacher directed right that's how i took it obviously yeah hmm. but di doesn't have to be teacher directed yeah i almost wonder if we have I mean, me personally, since the publishing of this book, uh-huh. I used to hate DI in all forms. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's, if somebody, for example, one of the girls in my class came up to me and said, I want to learn how to draw a cat. Uh-huh. Will you teach me how to draw a cat? Uh-huh. And instead of me just saying, yep, here's how you draw a cat. I said, well, I know we have this book that shows you pictures about how to draw a cat. Let's see if they have a, or that shows you how to draw mm-hmm. pictures. Let's see if they have a cat. And then after that, she was like, oh, I want to learn how to draw a horse. Now I know where to go. Yeah. Learn how to draw a horse. Yeah. So it's not, um, I guess, and, and where my mind usually goes when I talk about or hear about direct instruction is that idea that they're all empty vessels and we're going to pour knowledge yeah. into their heads. Um, or the idea of, you know, children are sponges and they'll absorb whatever we. Yeah. It's the script. Whatever we dip them in. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, <Gross>. I know. <laughs> which which drives me a little bit crazy, but um but I I see where you're going and agree that there are times when you do just need to walk a child through the steps. Yeah. of a of a skill or trying something new. Um but but it's only really valuable and meaningful even then. If it's coming from a place of, I know this individual child, and I know this is what this individual child is wanting or needing or curious about. Yeah. And it's not 20 of them at the same time. Yeah. It's not, I say, k, you say, k, we say, k, at, you say, k, at, like, which is a form of direct instruction. Right. Not the kind that we are saying is valuable, though. Right. So would you consider, um, so you've got a a play-based program, playful learning environment, and you're setting it up with materials that you think are going to, is, are going to, you know, invite and engage is choosing specific materials that you think a child will use. Is that even direct instruction, even though you're not going to really be part of it or no? I don't think that's just, no. Um, I think direct instruction involves... The adult is involved. Oh, anybody. Yeah. Directly teaching a skill to somebody else. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's a good distinction, too, because kids can be doing it, learning from other children through sort of direct instruction. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do think it's, it's interesting that so many early childhood teachers relies so heavily on direct instruction um, of the group, the way, you know, the way that we've described and uh, will really defend that. No, this is what they need. They've got to be ready for the next thing. And so we all have to be learning the same things and I have to be, but then when there's a challenging behavior or a social, emotional, developmental issue, we suddenly abandon that idea that they need direct instruction from me and it's yeah. use your words or go sit over there or s- suddenly we suddenly it's not our role to teach them the skill they need. 
Yeah. But a minute ago, it was absolutely our role to teach them alphabet stuff. Yeah, that makes that's like a pet peeve. That's a thing I would get offended about. <laughs> More throwbacks. <laughs> yeah. Or like bathroom is another one. That teaching kids to use the bathroom is a ex- example of direct instruction. That yeah. Like you have to walk them. Okay, now you have to pull up your pants. Now, yeah. Like you here's, have to walk them through that step until they're. Here's how you wipe your butt. Here's yeah. how you make sure it's clean. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's we're just here to teach. But, we're not here to wipe their butts. Right? That's what I would uh, hear. Yeah. No, that's uh, part of teaching. That's part is. of the teaching. If you don't want to wipe butts, then you need to work with adults. <laughs> A select audience <laughs> of adults yes. who are capable of wiping their own butts. Yes. That would be a... Yeah. This see, uh, this is the kind of rambling that I was talking about. Uh so back to this quote. Yeah, let's talk about DI. So thinking about the stereotypical DI preschool mm-hmm. classroom. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is just like you said, the idea about the child as a sponge. Mm-hmm. And this idea that because like the younger the child is, the stupider they must be. Yes. Therefore, I can't assume that they know anything. Therefore, I have to break everything down into little eeny beeny bits. Yeah. Because they're too dumb to figure things out on their own. Right. Empty and, vessel. And suddenly two is the magical number. So they're babies until they're two, but now they can start to learn things. So now yeah, i got to get but... them into preschool. Yeah. we got to start doing circle times and worksheets and flashcards. Woo! Uh-uh. Well, part of it goes back to the idea we've visited and revisited that playing teacher or, you know, Travis says we, a lot of us teach early childhood the way that we played school as children. Yes. And you you know, you talk about teaching and doing things to uh-huh. feel like a teacher. And I think that's part uh-huh. of it too. Absolutely. What's, what concerns me is when adults don't then engage in critical thinking uh-huh. and move past that stage. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Well, and they may not even be aware, yeah. because probably a lot of those teachers, if you ask them to tell you their philosophy, they'd be pretty yeah. right on. But then their practice is this old habit, and yeah. and they haven't stopped to reflect about it, or no one's ever been that critical friend to stretch their thinking. Yeah. Or maybe they, yeah, when, when I think about teaching philosophy, because that's on every um, K-12 job application oh, right yeah. what's uh-huh. what's your teaching philosophy like do you even know what a teaching philosophy is <laughs> what's a is teaching that different philosophy? What? well uh there's so uh, so i i feel like it gets mixed up with learning learning philosophies too much oh okay like you need to understand personally how you believe people learn before you can teach them right right was that a sufficient explanation mm-hmm. yeah i think so and why don't people ask on their job applications what's your learning philosophy because i think that's much more valuable yeah teaching philosophies change they should change with any new research and development right and well, i'm not a saying new group. Like, flip-flop yeah yeah 
Exactly. Yeah. It, it should be like, how, how does this, a new group is the best way to say it. Right. And not like chasing trends, like, oh, exactly. we're going to be Reggio now, and then we're going to be this, and then we're going to be that. No. What do you, what do you believe about how children learn? What do you know about how they learn based on the research and the studying and the continued growth that you participate in? Um, yeah. But so that's interesting when that we're, you mentioned focusing on, um, teaching philosophy rather than learning philosophy because that's what happens so often is we're so focused on the adult stuff Uh and what my role is and how then do I get everyone, all these littler humans to fit Mm -hmm. that picture. And if they don't easily fit into my teaching philosophy, then there's something wrong with the child. Yeah. Instead of, so what do I know about this group here that they need from me? How do I best get that? to them Some, yeah sometimes it's direct instruction sometimes it's not <laughs> yeah and sometimes it goes against your personal philosophy beliefs mm. like we have lots of kids that are really into crafts oh yeah and I don't love crafts right I, I in fact if we never did another craft I'd be happy yeah but they come in and they make their own crafts and they want, oh. like, they they want that. There's something about following the steps that is intriguing to them that they want to follow through with. Uh-huh. So we'll put out all the stuff and then they make their own craft. And then what happens inevitably is one kid makes a thing and then everybody's like, that looks cool. I want to make that one. <laughs> and then they copy that one just like they would do, just like yeah. you would force a kid in a DI environment to do. Yeah. They are doing it on their own because this group craves direct instruction in a way that blows my mind. And it conflicts hmm. me every day. <laughs> I wonder to what that can be attributed. I don't know. I mean, I'm I sure there's know. like a sense of mastery. Yeah. And and safety. Not, yeah. you know, knowing what you should do next. And there's probably social value to that. Following yeah. each other's lead and stuff. Yeah. And, and being trusted by the teachers to try that idea out. But yeah, that would drive me bonkers too. Yeah. But that, I can't let that interfere with the fact that they are learning something from it. Right. And just having fun and with that it. This is, yeah, this is yeah. what they're choosing to play. Yeah. So I did an episode with Josie's friend, Patrick, who's an artist and a game designer. And uh, I know. <laughs> so we were talking about art as essential communication. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, so we got, we got into a little bit about art versus craft. And I went into I my that. I went into my prepackaged soapbox about crafts and Pinterest and early childhood and blah, blah. and he was like, "But wait, you knit and you weave yeah. and you yeah." <laughs> and he's like, "Those are crafts." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right because I'm following a pattern. I'm trying to get a finished thing, and there's yeah. still value in that. Like my brain is decoding, exactly. my brain is active while I'm doing that. I'm having a good time." It, yeah. It, I'm developing relationships with other people who like to do the same stuff. Uh-huh. So um, so he had me on that one. Yeah. I, you can't hate on the craft. Yeah. I can. I, I mean, yeah, But you I'm going to try and but, stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm convinced that this group is just, like, really into scrapbooking. Oh, yeah. Oh, when I they're grown up, they're going to be yep. crazy scrapbookers. Right. They just want to, like, 
cut things into tiny pieces and arrange it nicely on a paper. <laughs> I'd rather paint at the easel over there, but <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I want to go back to the part about relationships in this quote. Yes. Um, it leaves too little time during the day for teachers to develop those relationships. How do you think that DI does that? I mean, aside from taking the time, like I think what she's saying here is that you're just always moving from one activity to the next and the next and the next and the next down your 15 minute increment schedule through your day. Yeah. But I I wish you could see my stinky face right now. I can. It doesn't really convey in podcast land. Well, I'll vouch for you. (laughs) That was indeed a stinky face. That looks just like the sad emoji. You have the best frown. Like you get full on quite a frown. frown. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I get duck lips if I try to frown. <laughs> anyway, uh, relationships. So I might. Um, I I don't know if di is the reason you don't have relationships. That yeah. Mm-hmm. I think quality di would strengthen a relationship. Right. Like the, the, I think teacher directed versus child directed is really what we're trying to get at here, right? And and what's the focus of the adult through that whole day? So yeah. Like the example that you gave, the child who wants to learn how to build the block thing, and so the adult yeah. takes the time, or the dad takes the time to stop yeah. to listen to help. That's going to strengthen the relationship because the child has learned. I can take initiative. My ideas are taken seriously. They're going to help me. Um, Yeah. But I think in the kind of DI-centric universe she's describing, I think it's just because the adult's focus isn't on that. Like, that's not what they're valuing, the relationship. They're valuing getting through their lesson plan or getting through their day or checking off all the skills they worked on that day. Yeah. When in reality, the relationship should come first. Yeah. It's just harder to quantify relationship on a checklist. Yes, it is. (laughs) And a lesson plan. Yes, it is. So we get so worried about staying on task and getting to the next thing that we don't stop to have those little conversations or follow a child's lead. Yeah, we don't hear the child who says, how how is this paper made, though? Where does paper come from? And then you tell them trees. And they're like, no. No, you can't be right about that. <laughs> and then, yeah, so that, that to me is, I, I think I take issue with the DI being the scapegoat in this situation. All right. In this quote. All right. Because so more... in that, that tree situation, You're the paper so in the trees. You're of DI. I am. Because sometimes you just got to, like, if you're ready to just learn a thing... <laughs> You gotta learn you a need thing. Someone to help you learn the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Know, you don't have an entry point. I see di as an entry point. You see everything as an entry point. I do. <laughs> I'm just too positive for my own good sometimes. <laughs> yep. And uh, I see dirty jokes in entry points. Uh, so uh, oh, that's who I am. Oh, I'm not I love gonna, it. I'm not going to say any though. <laughs> uh, to the listener's I, imagination <laughs> back to this quote Heather. right yeah sorry 
Um, so the second part. Yes. Have we covered the relationship enough? I think Maybe so. Maybe not. I'm, I'm, Maybe. It's the most important I mean, thing. If that's not what you're focusing on, your kids are missing out and you're missing out. Yeah. I, I don't I just don't see DI as a relationship killer. Right. I see adult led as the relationship killer. Yes. Yeah. Or and focus. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, maybe priority. I don't know how I want to say that, but like the teacher who's there because they want to feel like a teacher. Yes. Not the teacher who's there because she truly understands the children and the way they're developing and what they need. Yeah. That's what I think. Agreed. Uh, so the second part here, DI is too readily adopted as a pedagogic substitute when teachers lack the professional skills that studies show are essential elements in high-quality preschool instruction. Damn. Hell yes. <laughs> that is full Shots truth. fired. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Well, first but of all, so we get true. to say Shots pedagogic fired because twice. it's like so true. Yes. Exactly. And like. Pulling no punches. Yeah. Um, which which I I admire. Yeah. Um so what do you what do you think the professional skills are that that they lack that make them fall back on adult focused, adult directed DI? Oh, I think just general experience, exposure to other programs. Other to ways other of ways of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think uh, DI shows an easy if then. If oh. I teach them this thing, then they can do this. Uh-huh. If and there there's no real work required in um like thinking about how to engage the ch- children in the best way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think just a basic like, knowledge they don't, they don't have the observation skills and the child development skills. There's yeah. so many things. I was just going to say child development. I think part of it is they don't really have a strong idea about how children develop. Like they've heard it, but they haven't had an opportunity to see it connect in practice maybe. Yeah. That how children develop and how that should affect. But we all have this readily available model of what school looks like in our head. That because we, can we fall, all went to school. Yeah, that we can fall <laughs> back on. Um, yeah. So I think that's part of it. And then I think... We just don't take, how do I want to say this? Another skill I think that that maybe is lacking is the ability to articulate the why behind what you're doing. So even if you are really trying to do it appropriately and you're getting in touch with child development, if you can't explain to the first person who comes to you and says, why isn't my child bringing worksheets home? What are you doing to get them ready for school? Um, why aren't they required to sit at group time? Then you're not going to be able to answer that, and it's going to be easier to fall back on those old other patterns. Yeah. And just call it, you know, customer service or whatever customers ask for it, so we have to do it. Yeah. um, Rather than practicing those skills. Yeah. Um, I also think... Back to Lillian Katz. I think maybe we should try to talk about Lillian Katz in every single episode. Okay. Have we, maybe? I think we might have already done that. I think, but we, uh, yes, we're already on track. But maybe we could turn it into, like, a drinking game. And listeners oh, yeah. could take a shot when we say Lillian Katz. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. That sounds great. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> uh, first, what's the first 
uh, level of teacher development? Survival. Survival. I think that DI is a great survival first year. Yeah. I just need to be told what to do to make right. it through the day. I don't have the critical thinking skills and the observation skills yet yeah. to do anything more child-led. Right. Right. So then you're really... Ooh, I feel like... Ooh, I'm feeling icky about this right now. We should talk about this is in a uh, a typical classroom. Yeah. Because we haven't even broached the DI special education oh, classroom. right. That is a whole other can of worms. Right. If you have to teach a child how to physically say yes or no, direct instruction, you, like, you're not mm-hmm. going to teach them that just through play. Right. Yes, I agree. It, like, there's... There's a, which is part of the reason that, so I have, I have a special ed minor mm-hmm. and took some special ed classes mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I, I'm really, they make me really uncomfortable. And when I was trying to say this to my friend who is a special ed professor, she got offended thought I was like criticizing her field. And I was like, no, it's just not my, like, I have a really hard time. With the direct instruction and the behavior modification and all that. Because that's not how I would typically do early childhood programming. I understand its value and the, you know, it's it's a need that the children who have the special needs might have. And so we have to do it. But because I know me, I know that I wouldn't fit in that kind of a situation. So, um, but yeah, that's a whole other whole other conversation uh, direct instruction with special education i'm gonna shout out we have two episodes coming up on q a with t and k yes um, heard of it the podcast that i'm on yes um i'm the t uh with a wonderful special education instructor she works with deaf and hard of hearing children oh. and listening to her talk about direct instruction i think is why i've gotten a little defensive of direct instruction oh. Because if you don't have the tools to access communicating with those around you, uh-huh. and you don't have the tools to access the play, it's like you have to get to that point right. before you can. Right. But again, but but again, but, that's still yeah. child-led, really. Yeah. Because what do you need? It's what that yeah. child needs. It's not just an arbitrary decision on the part of the adults. So I think it fits. Yeah, you're not going to tell a child who's completely nonverbal, like, we're going to learn how to give a speech today. Yeah. Like, no, you're going to yeah. meet them where they are. Yep. Or force them to say please before you give them their juice or whatever the stupid thing someone yeah. might do thinking they were teaching them manners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I appreciate that uh, you know that that is not something you would enjoy teaching yeah i just i just i didn't even like reading about it even though i understood the whys and wherefores yeah that's how i feel about middle school (laughs) (laughs) yeah i understand the why no (laughs) way man doesn't mean i want to do it (laughs) yeah yep uh, yep. Yeah, so I just lost another thing I wanted to say. Oh, sorry. No, that's all right. Oh, no, you know what? I just was going to, as a, as an example, because in, uh, well, because I feel like 
I'm so critical sometimes of people who don't stop and reflect and think and the whole critical thinking we've been talking about. This this direct instruction thing is something that you have sort of forced me to think differently about by questioning and offering a, your perspective because I was very much on the soapbox that um, they're not little pitchers to be poured into and if you if that's the way you teach, da, 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 without thinking that there was a middle ground. It was an either yeah. or in my mind. Um even though I was telling teachers that I was working with that they should be doing small group things with children throughout the day where you work on a specific skill. So I was like ranting oh. against direct <laughs> instruction and then telling people to do it and not even connecting that in my own brain. Yeah. So silly. So so there's an example of a time Great I had to thinking. change my mind. Or yeah. at least become aware of what my mind was really doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Have you ever had a kid come up to you and just say, I want to learn how to read? No. Well, Josie. But she was Your in kid. first grade and was getting worried because she couldn't read yet. And so what did you do? Um, she said, I don't think I'm ever going to learn to read. Oh, and I said, "Oh, Josie, almost every kid learns to read." And she said, "I'm not like other kids." Oh. <laughs> and she listed off stuff like other kids go to bed when they're supposed to, and other kids. <laughs> she was listing off all the things that made her different, and that's why she was afraid she'd never learn to read. So, oh my goodness. Um, so we just kept reading with her. I mean, we didn't do any because yeah. she was in first grade, and they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff at school, and um. Yeah. You but know. you didn't just say like, "Ah, figure it out." No, I didn't. I'm not, not. going to help you. No, I didn't. No. Maybe maybe play some more. Yeah. It'll come to you. Yeah. <laughs> no. You she was asking you for help, so you gave it to her. I think any time, well, this is I don't need to think about this. Anytime you look at a YouTube video, because yeah. you're like, I need to figure out how to get my printer on the network. Yep. I'm going to watch this video. That's direct yeah. instruction. Yeah. Your motivation to do it is what what changes. If somebody was like, hey, we're going to go to this work thing where we all learn how to set up the printer network, I'd be like, <laughs> suck it. I'm going to lunch early. <laughs> I can see that on a YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Have I talked about my problems with my thermostat? No. Before in this new house? Uh, so I've never had a digital thermostat before. Mm-hmm. I've only had the little dial where you, where you turn... And there's one setting. And it's gold made by Honeywell? It's made by Honeywell. Uh, Yep. Well, my digital is also Honeywell. Ooh. But first of all, I didn't realize that the front cover pulls off. And the front cover was on upside down, so I thought the whole thermostat was upside down when I first moved in. And that really freaked me out. Why is it so cold? Yeah. So, (laughs) So anyway... I, I had a I had a hard time getting because there's like four settings and you can choose days and times and whatever and I had a really hard time getting it figured out and I just finally made someone come over and show me how to do it and then now it's air conditioner time and I had a party Saturday and I made my friends figure out how to change it to air conditioning for me <laughs> and then yeah. it turned out that the air conditioner wasn't even powered on and when we did the fan didn't even work so. I could have 
beaten myself over the head and smashed my thermostat because I thought I don't know how to do it and I, I'm trying to figure it out. But instead I, you know, sought some direct instruction from people who knew yeah. how to do it. And it makes perfect sense in those contexts. But for some reason yeah. I had that knee-jerk reaction to direct instruction with young children. Because I think this this quote is exactly why. Because direct instruction is often the substitute that when teachers don't know what else to do, mm-hmm. that's what they do. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I didn't smash my thermostat. Me too. That's the end of that story. And I think that there's value in identifying, yes, learning is wonderful and engaging, but sometimes you just got to get the job done, man. Right. You're not having fun learning about how to set your thermostat. Right. And I had read the instructions the on the inside of that cover 400 times and it was still yeah. not helping me. Yeah. You Clearly just need somebody to like I, somebody who does have fun doing that. <laughs> well, I don't come know in and tell you fun. how to <laughs> I put people More fun work. than you. I put people to work at my party Saturday. So it was I love it. Cel- I always do that. <laughs> it was to celebrate my legal name change. And mm-hmm. uh I had people hanging pictures, and I had people working on my air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Great. It was great. Usually, um, and that my is parties that involve work involve like, hey, you guys are, you're going to help me carry this really heavy thing a really long ways, right? Yeah? Okay, cool. That's why you came over, right? Right. And we'll laugh, and it'll be like a party. Yeah. While we carry it. Then I'll give you a free booze. That usually helps. <laughs> That usually helps. Yeah. So, direct instruction. Anything else? Uh, it's okay sometimes. It's okay. Check your don't motives. Use it as a, don't use it as a crutch. Yeah, check your motives. <laughs> but I think it's also okay to say that before you knew better. Yes. Because yeah. that first take, I, I am a strong believer now that it is a rare human that enters the teaching field and says, you know I want to have a child-led play-based mm-hmm. yeah. I want to be a play-based teacher yeah which goes back you sort of started down that road when we were talking about the teacher developmental stages yeah and that survival stage if you're really lucky you get into your survival stage with someone who already knows how to do all that and can help you yeah. um give you but, some hands-on help but the likelihood is not right no. away but even then I, I've been working with several people that I, I'm a pretty play-based soapbox. I tell you how I feel about things, uh-huh. and I do things the way I want to do them. And everybody knows that I don't follow rules at work. So, <laughs> um, so even with that guidance, I'm I'm noticing this trend that people have to go through that teaching stage. Mm-hmm before they're able to think critically. Yeah. They have to do what's expected. Sure. That makes before sense. Before they can break the norm. Well, right. And so they there needs to be a sense of safety, too, for them to do that. So pro- probably part of it, too, is really just deciding. I know it's what they said they want, but is that really what they want? Is that really what happens? If I try my own ideas, is it going to be safe or am I going to be Yeah. gossiped about in the break room? Yeah. And that first year at a job, you just want to do a good job. Yeah. Or, you know, however however long. Usually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to just come in and be like, oh, look, she's got it all together. She's, you know. Yeah. 
Every, but and it's only after you you right. kind of get that right. sense of security that you're able to. Yeah, and there is safety in people. that sort of prescribed yeah, practice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hmm. So I think we really do need to get this critical thinking episode rolling. I know. Let's, oh, let's I'm all thinking critically now. Re- reading and thinking and talking. And we'll do yeah. that one. Yeah. All right. Last maybe, thoughts. Maybe more than one. Last yes. thoughts. Last thoughts. I don't. I think we covered it. No, I think we did. Got it. All right. Child led. Woohoo! <laughs> Direct instruction. Not that bad. Uh, so lighten up on the direct instruction, folks. Yeah, lighten up. Just stop doing teacher led things. Yeah, yeah. Let go. Let go a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. We'll see you yeah. for another episode. Bye, Tiff. Bye, Heather. <laughs> This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.